You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And very pleasant good morning, everybody. As always, good to be back with you. This is the Marlins Rewind. And last night at Lone Depot Park, the Marlins returned home, and they opened up a six-game homestand which featured the first of three this week against the Chicago Cubs. Edward Cabrera went opposite of the veteran left-hander Wade Miley in Game 1 last night. And with a recap, as always, here is Glenn Geffner. That's a happy recap tonight. Marlins over the Cubs 10-3 for Miami. Ten runs on 14 hits, three homers. One of the biggest offensive nights in these parts in a long, long time. Good to see a lot of contributors up and down the lineup as the Marlins get this series and homestand off on a very positive foot with this big win over the Cubs. Edward Cabrera started against Wade Miley, and we were scoreless into inning number three. Cabrera had not allowed a hit. He'd allowed one walk. That was all. He got the first two outs in the third inning, having faced the minimum, eight up and eight down. But then, in a scoreless game, he faced Christopher Morrell. Shortstop Christopher Morrell, first ball hitting. Crushes one out toward AutoNation Alley. Way back, De La Cruz at the wall, and Morrell's hit one out. Cubs go up 1-0 on Christopher Morrell's fourth big league homer. Cabrera then hit Zach McKinstry with a pitch, extending the inning. Man at first, two down for Ian Happ. So the Cubs lead 1-0 in the third on the Morrell home run, and there's a ball ripped down the right field line. That's going to get down and go to the wall. Extra bases for Happ. McKinstry headed to third. He'll be waved home by Willie Harris. The relay throw home from Birdie, and McKinstry is safe at the plate. The throw beat him, but he got around the tag somehow from Fortes. 2-0 Cubs on an RBI double by Happ. Well, Cabrera would come back and strike out Jan Gomes, ending that top of the third inning, but the Marlins were in a two-run hole. They were not in that hole for long, however. In the bottom of the third, with one out, John Birdie. It'll be a 2-1 pitch to John Birdie in the air, left field and deep. Haps going back at the track, at the wall. Goodbye, John Birdie with his fourth of the season. And the Marlins are back with a run here at 2-1. Oh, baby Birdie. So John Birdie comes through. Charles LeBlanc then hit a ground ball to the shortstop. Morrell, who's throw to first, pulled P.J. Higgins off the bag. The E6 gave the Marlins a base runner. Brian Anderson then hit by a pitch. Garrett Cooper hit a line drive up the middle. Looked like it was going into center field, but a diving play by McKinstry recorded the second out in the inning. Then an infield by Nick Fortes. And with two outs in the third, down two to one. The Marlins had the bases loaded. The count was full. Three balls, two strikes. Miley to Brian De La Cruz. 3-2 pitch. De La Cruz is in the air. Right center. Well hit. Way back. Velasquez looking up. And De La Cruz has hit it out. A grand slam. And the Marlins go up 5-2. An opposite field grand slam for De La Cruz. All of a sudden on an RBI tear. Had a couple in D.C. yesterday. His 10th home run. Now up to 33 RBIs. For Brian De La Cruz, his second career grand slam. His first came against these Cubs here at Lone Depot Park, August 13th of last season. So it was 5-2 into the fourth inning. A scoreless top of the fourth for Cabrera in the bottom of the fourth inning. Jordan Groshans led off with a walk. He went to second on a Urar Encarnacion single. Two on, nobody out. Back to the top of the order and John Birdie. 
3-1 pitch to Birdie is a hot smash up the middle and a base hit into center field. They'll wave Groshans around third, coming home, throws up the line. Now trying for third base, making it Encarnacion on an RBI single by John Birdie. 6-2 Marlins. So you had Marlins at the corners, and Charles LeBlanc was the batter. 1-0 runner goes, ball goes to the backstop, coming home, Encarnacion, he'll score that a throw. It'll be a stolen base for John Birdie, number 35. It'll be a wild pitch for Miley. It'll be a 7-2 Marlins lead. So things were looking good for Miami. The Cubs would get a run back in the fifth inning. Cabrera walked the first man, Michael Hermosillo, and he would come around to score on a one and RBI double by Zach McKinstry, who had a couple of hits in this ball game tonight, was also hit by a pitch and scored a run. That made it 7-3. The fifth inning would be the end of the line for Cabrera, done after allowing three runs on three hits and three walks. Struck out four, allowed the home run to Morrell, hit a couple of batters, 79 pitches, 46 strikes. Exits tonight with a 2.91 ERA. We will wait to hear from Don Mattingly to hear if there may have been a medical reason for taking Cabrera out of this game. Gabby mentioned at the time he saw Cabrera kind of reach for his back on what was Cabrera's final pitch of the night when he got Jan Gomes to ground out, ending the fifth inning. We never got any word from the Marlins clubhouse or communications department in-game about a medical issue, but... It seemed as though the conversations were such at the end of that half inning, there may have been something going on. And at 79 pitches, it also seemed as though Cabrera might have been left out there for another inning if all things were equal. He was not, and we'll get word from Donnie coming up here in the next few minutes. So Cabrera done after five innings. Wade Miley was done after three-plus tonight. Seven runs, three earned on seven hits. Walked two, struck out two, threw a wild pitch. 74 pitches. 42 strikes. Marlins bullpen was terrific tonight. Oscar Brazabon, Richard Blyer, Brian Hoeing, and Andrew Nardi, each with a scoreless inning in relief of Cabrera. At one point, 10 straight were retired by Marlins relievers until Nardi allowed three straight to reach with two outs to the ninth before he was able to end it. Marlins weren't done scoring, though. Don't want to fast forward too far ahead. In the seventh inning, leading by the score of 7-3, the Marlins got back-to-back singles from Nick Fortes and Brian De La Cruz to begin the inning against Michael Rucker. Two men on, nobody out for Miguel Rojas. Comes out on top this season. 1-2 pitch, back up the middle. Miguel Rojas has his third hit in the game. Fortes windmilled around third. He's coming home, and it's 8-3 Marlins. Miguel Rojas is 3-4. for four. That's his 34th RBI of the year. And then against Rowan Wick in the eighth inning, John Birdie leadoff single, his third hit in the game. He stole second, giving him two steals tonight, his seventh multiple stolen base game of the year. He now leads the majors with a total of 36 stolen bases and 40 attempts. Managed second, nobody out eighth inning for the rookie first baseman, Charles LeBlanc. 2-2 to LeBlanc is in the air to left and deep. Haps going back at the wall. Goodbye, Charles LeBlanc with his fourth Major League homer. And the Marlins open it up. It's 10-3. And while it wasn't easy, Andrew Nardi got the final three outs. Got the first two easily in the top of the ninth. He struck out David Bodie. Got Nelson Velasquez to line to short. But then consecutive walks to Michael Hermosillo and Christopher Morrell. A base hit by Zach McKintree loaded the bases before finally on what would be his 33rd pitch of the night. Nardi was able to strike out Ian Happ looking. 
And that's how this one ends. Marlins over the Chicago Cubs tonight by the score of 10-3. For Miami, 10 runs, 14 hits, no errors, 8 left. For the Cubs, 3 runs, 6 hits, 1 error. They also left 8. Edward Cabrera, the winning pitcher, 6-3. Wade Miley takes the loss. He falls to 1-1. One one. Time of the ball game tonight was 2 hours, 57 minutes. The Marlins have won back-to-back games now. They got the complete game victory from Sandy in Washington yesterday. They beat the Cubs in the first of three here tonight. So Miami consecutive wins to improve to 61-87 and 87 on the season. Marlins with their 30th home win against 43 losses. As for the Cubs, a third straight loss after a four-game winning streak. Chicago is now 62-85 and 85 on the season. The Cubs are 31-41 and 41 on the road. For the Marlins tonight, 10 runs scored for the eighth time this season for just the second time since June 14th. Just the second time in the last 88 games the Marlins have scored in double digits. 14 hits tonight, tied for their fourth most in a game this season. Their most since June 7th, 95 games ago. Three home runs tonight. It marked the eighth time this year the Marlins have hit three or more homers in the game. First time since June 22nd. That's 81 games ago, exactly half a season ago. The last time the Marlins hit as many as three home runs in a single game. And the biggest hit, the biggest homer, the biggest swing of the night, the grand slam by Brian De La Cruz. That capped a five-run third inning, gave the Marlins lead they would never relinquish for De La Cruz. His second career slam hit one against these Cubs August 13th last year, also here in Miami. For the Marlins, it was their fourth of the season. Jazz Chisholm. Jorge Soler, most recently, Yerar Encarnacion in his debut June 19th at New York. And tonight, it was Brian De La Cruz doing the honors as the Marlins go on to beat the Cubs 10-3. The Marlins and Auto Nation are working together again this year to strike out cancer in our communities. Every time Marlins pitch records a strikeout this season, $25 will be donated to Auto Nation's Drive Pick Initiative to support cancer research. Tonight, a total of 9Ks. That's $225 for the season. 1,294 strikeouts by the Miami pitching staff. $32,350 from the Marlins to Auto Nation's Drive Pink Initiative. All right, so the Marlins pound the Cubs in game one. Hit them hard and uh, took care of business in game one. Let's hear from the skipper, Don Mattingly, after the win. Okay, we saw him point to its side, I think, after the fifth inning. No, his side was good. He was getting a little blister. He had a blister coming on uh, on one of his, I forgot, I don't know which finger. And he had some blister issues last year. We just didn't want to let it get away from him. Mm-hmm. Starting to get some, starting to get hot. And so far, how would you evaluate his five innings out there today? No, it was okay. I, you know, it, it took him a while to get his fastball in the strike zone. A lot of misses with the fastball. Uh, heavy on the off speed, which he's, it's, it's good. Um, but it makes it hard on him to if you're not throwing strikes at the fastball. At some point, there's you know, you kind of seen it in there where you you start sitting on that and pretty much everything. You see enough of it, you're gonna you're gonna hit it. Uh, fifth inning, the uh, Dale Cruz grand slam specifically, and also just the setup to it. I mean, fielding error, a fielding error, hit by pitch, and then the infield single that bounced off the bag to set it up to be able to take advantage of the chances you guys were given. Yeah, you got to have the ball bounce your way a little bit, right? Sometimes, and so that. That was a that was a nice inning, but overall, I thought we had a lot of contributions from a lot of different guys. You know, Bird swinging it back good tonight. Uh, obviously, Dela, me swinging it back good. Kind of getting contributions up and down, so it was kind of nice to nice offensive game for us. 
Phil Cruz has talked about, and you guys as well, about game planning and just him trying to be more consistent. Have you seen that, I guess, especially maybe the last week or so? No, I think definitely have seen it. And, and really it's, it's it was a, you know, you, you know the guy's swing is good and you see the, the strength the ball comes off his bat. Um, but if you're just going to go up there and wail, you're going to be in trouble. And, and to see him a little more disciplined on what pitchers are trying to do. Uh, I know Marcus and those guys are always talking about it. Sometimes it takes a while to get through. So hopefully Taylor has kind of made that breakthrough. How much, too, is it, I guess, him knowing, okay, maybe I'm going to face lefties or I'm going to be in center field? I think, you know, early in the season you probably didn't know. I think it's, you know, that, that's separate from a game plan. You know, what you do, these guys, I mean, you've, Playing baseball. If you're in center, you're in left, facing lefty or righty, it's really just a game plan. So at that point, it's baseball. Were you aware how strong maybe Groshin's arm was when he came up at third? He's got a good arm over there. Uh, I, you know, I didn't really talk about like he had a cannon. I still don't think it's not like Andy or anything else. He does throw the ball good. Uh, I noticed just from him just taking ground balls with him, uh, catching balls across the field, he's got good carry. So he's got plenty of arm for third. For I sure. think he's catching the first. Over the shoulder, down the left field line, kind of set the tempo a little bit. Good play early. Great play early. That's a way harder play than it looks, especially with that monster coming flying towards you. Um, that's, that's a really hard play and an uncomfortable play for the infielder because he's kind of going out blind. Uh, and Dale, I mean, uh, Gerard is just flying, right, coming from deep, deep left. So that's a, that's a really nice play. You mentioned obviously that he's about his defense in during the weekend in DC, but lately, especially in September, he's been swinging back pretty well. So how important is to have that from from him, uh, especially closing now the season, knowing how tough it it was for for him for the first couple of months. Are we talking about Dela? Me, me. Oh, yeah, Miggy's been incredible, and it really wasn't the first couple of months. It was more. The, it seems like this couple of weeks there, you know. Um, so yeah, he's been he's been he's been special at short. Well, then I guess Dela Cruz made that nice play in center. Have you seen, you know, I think early on too, like maybe some of his plays in the outfield, maybe outs on the base paths, just the other parts of his game. Yeah, I think the defense for me, it's always been good. He made, he he was uncharacteristic. I thought early in the year, you know, guys try to do too much. Uh, they, they end up getting themselves in trouble again. We talk about principles on the bases. The same principles are in the outfield of what you do and don't do at certain times of the game. Um, so when they get out, they try to do too much. They get un- they make uncharacteristic mistakes. I thought he made some uncharacteristic mistakes early. And, and he's young. You know, he's still young. It's not like this guy's been playing 10 years. So you expect some mistakes. You just want him to kind of learn from him. You and Miggy talked at all about how much a gold glove would mean to him, the caliber of defense he's played this season? Not really, but I, I not really talked about it. Um, I know Miggy had something that he's always worked for. You know, I, you know his defense has always been special. Um, and I, I think, you know, it wasn't until the last few years he's gotten to play every day. So he's not going to get looked at like that until he starts to play when he's playing every day. So, you know, nowadays, at least with the metrics, you don't think in the past. I think sometimes you thought about the off. Who's the guy you think about at short? And it's usually somebody hitting 25 homers or something. Uh, but now with the metrics that they they hand out and and the way they vote, I think it helps guys like Mickey. How uh, impressive was it to see Andrew Nardi get into the the trouble that he got into, but able to strike out and the inning on his own? 
Well, it was good to see him get out of it. Um, uh, obviously, you don't like seeing him get first two outs and then you know load the bases. So uh, it was good to see him get out of it because he was getting down to the you know you know he think he was he at thirty or thirty something. So he was he was kind of at the end of his rope. So um, so it was good to see him get out of it. I, th- I think it, it goes to kind of speaks to that that inning. You know, they always say anybody can close, but that inning's weird. Even in even with the seven-run lead, you've seen kind of what happened. All of a sudden, he loses the zone. He doesn't throw it over. Uh, it's hard to get that last out. So, but it's good for the for him to be out there. You know, it'd be nice for you know the young guys to get more innings like that, where they have some rope and they can go pitch. Uh, not because when you're behind and you're pitching like that, the other team's just free swinging on you. Uh, but at least there we've got a lead, and, and he can gets to pitch in a winning game. Um, what do you think of that play in center field on the Daily Cruz fly ball? Yeah, I mean, I couldn't see it totally clear, but it, I mean, I, I thought it was a homer, to be honest. I'm, I'm kind of looking for it to go out, and would it have went out? Yeah, it seemed like a really, I mean, obviously a really nice play. All right, so that was Marlins manager Don Mattingly after the Marlins win. Edward Cabrera, good five innings. He and he collected his sixth victory of the season. Game two of the series comes your way tonight at 640 when Pablo Lopez goes opposite of the right-hander Adrian Sampson. We'll hit the air at 610 with Marlins on deck. And as always, we hope you find some time to join us on the Marlins Radio Network, driven by AutoNation.